Welcome to the Rising Giants podcast. Today we have Thomas Jimenez on the show, and he is the country manager for Cambodia and Laos for AB InBev. Really excited to have him on. So we're going to kick this thing off. So create creative juices are flowing. Creative juices are flowing. I got tons of ideas. I'm I'm, re I'm ready to start just cranking through some models right now, man. I'm like I'm beaming right now. I'm ready to go, rocking and rolling. Yeah, we love <laughs> yeah. We'd love to just hear a lot, a bit more about your background and how you got to Cambodia um, yep. and some of the professional experiences you had uh, before coming to Cambodia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, um, so I went to, uh, you know, fin finished university in uh, about, about four years ago, studied economics there. Um, and after Where was that? Which university were you, were you at? Duke, Duke, Duke University studied studied economics there, um, and always always had a uh, a passion and, and excitement for you know foreign cultures. Really debated like should I do cultural anthropology, should I do languages, um, just because it's it, it's always been a very big passion point of me. So I always knew that whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to mix uh, several cultures, multi you know have a multicultural experience, but within business. So that's something that that came very evident to me during university. I did, uh, you know, graduated, and then shortly after, I joined uh, BCG Boston Consulting Group, uh, which was which was just an absolutely amazing experience. So I spent uh, two years working for, well, three years working for BCG. Uh, the first two of which I was, uh, you know, doing many many different types of projects. So I, I worked on, you know, a university system in in Spain and trying to improve their their efficiency when it comes to to, to education and I mean the system there. I worked for a fintech. Uh, client in in Puerto Rico, uh, you know, worked for some FMCG companies out out on the West Coast and in Los Angeles. It was really, really just an amazing experience of understanding completely different types of businesses and, and all the different problems that they have. And after uh, after about two years, I was getting a bit of this itch of like wanting wanting to to expand a bit of like my my skill set and the skills that I was developing because. A lot of consulting was, of course, based around strategy, which is fantastic and it is exactly what I, what I love to do. But there was a very big piece for me that was missing is like, you know, you give you give the, the 108 slide PowerPoint deck to to your clients and then you, you kind of watch watch them uh, do do the execution or in, in many cases actually not do anything with it, um, which, which could be quite frustrating. Right. So I, I really wanted to be at the other side of the table and to be to be the one that, that is making these plans come to life. So. At the end of uh, at the end of my, my second year, I met a guy for for lunch in New York. His name is Brian Perkins. He is the uh, he's the global head of what's called high end company within AB InBev. So AB InBev, of course, very very big uh, beer biggest beer company in the world. Um, very very big company, and there's a there's a very important strategy to the company, which is focused around premiumization. Uh, so this premiumization is is all about you know in markets in frontier markets. In markets all around the world, regardless of the, the stage of development, people are choosing to have nicer experiences, nicer beers, uh, and pay pay more uh, for for these products. So there's a very very big trend of premiumization. So he he is the uh, or was the the global head of this, and and we had a nice chat. Uh, and essentially, he brought me on to to be uh, more or less like a. Uh, a, a chief of staff and, and to, to talk through the strategy of what should the strategy be for premiumization for ABM Bev. Um, so started, started there. Uh, a big part of that strategy was actually understanding what are the markets, as I mentioned, you know, ABM Bev, the biggest uh, FMCG, the biggest, um, you know, beer company by far. 
how, what, what, what are the markets, what are the strategies, what are the things that AB InBev should be doing and looking towards uh, when it comes to looking across the world for, for new markets to explore into frontier markets. So we did a project together uh, that was thinking about how do we actually launch AB InBev, you know, like small AB InBev uh, startups within a bunch of different countries where we're currently not present. So we spent, this is now 2019, we spent 2019 uh, really focusing on Europe. So we actually launched pilot markets in uh, Dubai and Tel Aviv and Vienna, as well as in, uh, in Warsaw and Poland. Um, so we did four pilot markets where we actually were trying to prove a business case to the CEO of the company to show, hey, here we can enter these, these markets where we're not paying any attention to. We're going to put a team of young, hungry, talented people. We're going to you know, provide them with all the essentials they need. All they need to focus on is really just how to grow the brands, how to make it cool, how to have very interesting marketing campaigns. Um, and with very, very little investment, we're gonna be able to prove that actually when we look at, when we look at the, uh, you know, the tail end of markets that were currently not present, as we start to add these up, it's gonna be pretty significant for the business. Okay. So we did, we did, we did the pilot in, uh, in 2019, we proved the business case. Um, and then after that it was, okay, approval, sign off, this looks good, now where to next? Naturally, a lot of that, left us towards um, Southeast Asia and, and Eastern Africa. So that's where we actually have been spending a lot of our efforts this year. We're also still pushing, uh, you know, those, those four pilots are still live now in Europe and we're still, uh, we're, we're still working close with those and I'm still in touch with, with those guys today on kind of the things that they're doing and, and what they're pushing forward. But to cut, to cut the intro maybe potentially a bit short was uh, these, these markets came up as, as the next on the list. There was an opportunity to come here to Southeast Asia um, really attracted by the region and really attracted by the role. I wanted to kind of put my hand up to see if I can get a, a position managing one of these countries. Um, and, and that's kind of how I, I naturally transitioned out of uh, BCG into, into AB InBev. So started. And got, yeah. And you got two countries. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm managing both, uh, both Cambodia and Laos. Um, Laos of course is, is a, a much smaller market. Uh, but the way that we're structurally set up here in the region it makes makes most sense to to manage that as well. But I'm based I'm based in Phnom Penh, focused pr primarily on Cambodia. I probably spent ninety to ninety five percent of my time focused on this market. Okay. And talk to us a bit about the uh, the go to market strategy and what what were some of the key things you had to put in place in order to just you know have a genesis for the business here. You know you know one of um, one of the, the things that, that we learned very, very quickly, especially when trying to enter a new market, right, is we, of course, uh, I was sitting in global, right? We have all these great strategies. We're thinking of what are, these are all the things that we can do. This is what has worked in Poland. Why not we just take that and we put it directly in, um, directly in Cambodia? So we had a lot of very exciting and new ideas. But one of the most important things, uh, particularly in, in such a consumer-centric business, uh, such, such as beer, is we just really need to understand who is the consumer. Um, and this is something that varies a lot throughout different countries. Uh, yes, there are similarities between Cambodia and, and some places that we did in, um, in Eastern Europe. Uh, but understanding the consumer was, was first and foremost the, the number one priority and task to be done. So the, actually the very first thing I did when it comes to in, you know, entering the market and trying to understand how we're actually going to be building a business here was I hired an agency to do ethnographic research. So essentially I hired an agency to, to come here and study the Cambodian consumer. Uh, ask them what beers do they drink? Why do they drink those beers? What are the trends they care about? What are their passion points? What do they like to do for fun? Uh, how do they associate different products with different uh, emotions that they may have? 
Um, and we, we went, we went quite deep. Uh, we did very, you know, we did a lot of interviews. We, uh, went out to the market, sat down next to these, these individuals, had a beer with them, understood what, what, what exactly they're, they're thinking about, what are the things that excite them. And that was actually the first driver of, of, of the strategy and, and everything that we did here. And it still is today. Actually, I still refer to that document, uh, quite often to go back and, and kind of form my opinions on how we actually want to be taking the, the business from at least a marketing point of view to, to, to the next level. And am, am, I, am I right in saying that, I, th I think you've mentioned this in the past, Cambodia has a very high beer consumption per capita. Yeah, so, you know, Cam Cambodia actually is 69, 69 liters uh, per person per year on average, uh, which is very, very, very high. I mean, the, this is the second highest in the region. You'll be floating around 45, which is Vietnam. Um, so Cam Cam Cambodians do consume uh, do consume quite a bit of beer. It's about a 9 million hectoliter uh, market, which is, which is quite significant and growing, right? The one thing that makes Cambodia so, so interesting, as I'm sure you guys know, and there are you know, many, many parallels and things that are common with, with, with other uh, you know, individuals that are building businesses here is that, is the, of course, the, the, growth, the growth of the market, the, 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 the change in, in, in trends, the investment that's coming in, of course, from, from China. Um, but yeah, that's, there, there is, there is a very big, uh, you know, a very, very big consumption of, of beer culture here. Uh, but that's quickly changing. As I mentioned, you know, it's, it's changing from people paying, you know, $1 for the, for the draft beer, uh, you know, over on, on Riverside and potentially more tourist area to now wanting to pay two or $3 for a nicer imported beer, um, and potentially an experience that, that would accompany that. Right. So that, that, that's the, that's the trend that we're seeing. And that's exactly what, what we're after. Okay. Okay. Understood. Yeah. I'm, um, I just wanted to take a step back a bit. So you arrived, so yeah. you arrived in, um, Cambodia about a year ago. So I want, I want you to kind of talk through some of the, um, some of the challenges that you've in, you've encountered, like, you know, trying to really grow the business and, you know, uh, grow your market share within the, within the premium segment and actually how, you know, I mean, 2020 has been a, been a crazy year for, for all businesses. So, you know, what have been some of the things that you think of, have allowed you to stand out within the market? I mean, I understand that you guys do a lot with um, some pretty interesting marketing whereby yeah. you're engaging, you know, musicians and such, working with influencers. Um, yeah, just talk to us about like some of the, kind of some of the innovative ways you've tried to get through 2020. Yeah, no, absolutely, that's, that's a fantastic question. You know, one of, one of the, uh, the, as I mentioned, the first things that we did was was try to understand the try to understand the consumer and what are the, what are the marketing strategies that we should deploy that would be able to um, th that we'd be able to then go, go after the consumer. One of the things that we spent a lot of time working this year uh, is you know what we call just route to market strategy is actually just thinking from the moment that the beer actually arrives in Cambodia, what is the strategy to be able to then deliver it to the store downstairs? Um, and 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 there's there, there's so much that goes into that in terms of types. In terms of when it comes to the types of partnerships that you have, the people that you have, the frequency of the of the the sales rep that's actually going to the store and, and visiting, and one of the biggest challenges for me this year was arriving to arriving to Cambodia, coming out with you know lots of excitement, lots of you know coming with with investment, wanting to change the way that we do business, but having uh, having partners and having individuals that, uh, you know, they've been, they've, they've been selling their beer business. As I mentioned, they've been selling it to their friends. They've done it for the past four or five years. Why now change? Why, why have such a, why have such a big change? Why work with new people? Why go ahead and talk to people that I haven't talked, uh, before? Uh, and that was, that, that was a very big, uh, if you will, like growing pain for us. 
um, is actually trying to empower our partners and, and empower them to understand these are different strategies and things that we can deploy and these are the things that will that will eventually have a, a more sizable return on the business and I think that was a, that was a, that was a very very big stroke for us um, but it has proven already at the end of this year to be to be very very significant you know covid yes it has been very tough for, for many businesses uh, you know very very proud and, and thankful to say that our business has has, has been growing despite of the the covid environment um, which the, the beer business is roughly you know this year hit about 30 to 40 percent uh, which is which is quite significant but a lot of a lot of that growth just actually came from different strategies around okay these are this is how exactly we want to be approaching this part of Phnom Penh okay if we think about the provinces outside of Phnom Penh what are the what are the three or four cities we should be focusing on what are the teams that we should actually have there how do we actually structure the teams out there to be going and and, and to be um to be to be delivering beer okay this this province is actually more has a bit more of a Chinese focus how can we bring on you know how can we bring on a Chinese sales rep etc to to go ahead and uh and, and to go after that that segment so that was that was first and foremost the the, the biggest challenge so a, a lot of it is is centered around okay how, to make sure the beer is available right because you have you could have you could do work with the influencers you could do the you know the best marketing campaign whatever it may be uh but at the end of the day if your beer's not in the store no one's gonna buy it right um so that that, that was a very big a very big element of us a lot of it was was also just centered around training uh and training these sales reps uh you know, it's fundamental things. Like if you ask a, you ask a Budweiser sales rep and you say, Hey, what is, what, what, what is Budweiser? What does it taste like? You know, what is it, what, what does it stand for? Where does it, where does it come from? At what price should it be? Many, many, many just fundamental and basic things. Um, you'd be surprised that individuals just don't necessarily have a clue. And, and when you go back to those basics and you start to empower the team with knowledge, you start to empower them with, with skills. Uh, it does make a, a quite a fundamental change, especially on on how we're able to to drive availability and, and get our beer within the market. Um, and then a second piece, Dom, I, I know you have a, I have a question, but the second thing I could talk about is the uh, the marketing element too, right? Uh, so a lot of things going on, of course, behind the scenes, but then the marketing element around how do we how do we work with young creative talents, uh, give them a platform to to show uh, you know sh show their skills, to show their ability, uh, and, and a lot of it really needs to be centered around like non self-aggrandizing uh, campaigns and things about, okay, we have a up and coming artist, you know, he's, he or she is looking for uh, X, X investment to, to be growing uh, or to, to, to launch an album. How can we actually give them a platform to do that? Uh, being the number one beer company in the world and, and Budweiser being the number one, uh, number one recognized beer globally, there are many, there are many platforms and things that we can actually bring in to, to, to help these creative talents to help kind of accelerate that uh that culture and that, and that wave of particularly within music which is what we focus on uh which has also been a, a very uh a nice challenge but a very nice element of, of this year right and to expand a little bit more on the team aspect of it especially with your sales reps what have been some of the challenges and how have you been able to go about training whether it be local individuals to be able to go out and actually sell the beer and how is it that you've strategized around being able to grow their knowledge of the company of the beer and to be able to really get behind the the product yeah so one of the um the, there, there, there there are two two things that we worked on one is just there's there's one product knowledge so it's okay this is Budweiser beer this is Corona beer this is Who Garden this is where it comes from this is the taste this is you know a lot of things just understand the product but for us, going back to the route to market element was was fundamental. Was if you look at the, if you look at here the market landscape and you say, okay, 
um, how, do, how do you teach somebody to go into a, a high-end you know, sky bar versus someone that's actually just going to a mom and pop versus maybe just actually going to uh, you know, one of the malls here, Eon 1, Eon 2. So what we did is we, we segmented the entire market and we said, okay, this is, this is actually what the Cambodian market looks like. These are the types of outlets that, that exist within the, uh, what we call is like the outlet universe. So these are the different types of segments. We, we tried to simplify that as much as possible. You know, there's, there's tons of complexity that you can get. You're like, oh, well, this is a KTV, but this is a, a Chinese KTV. So maybe a Chinese person should go there or this is Khmer KTV. So maybe it's, it's, it's a different strategy, whatever it may be. Um, but what we really tried to, to focus on was, was nailing the, the classification of what we call channels, right? Of, of these channels to understand what exactly are the strategies for each of these channels. Once when we actually came up with that classification, um, which, which, which did take a bit of time and, and to align it with our, with our team. Once when we came up with that classification, it was then understanding, okay, this is the classification. How do you actually think about the, the, the strategies that you're gonna deploy within that, within that uh, channel type? So for example, if it's a modern on-trade outlet, are there things you want to do in terms of sponsorship? Are there uh, visibility? You know, what are the things that the sales rep should actually be going through um, going through and looking for when they go to this type of outlet. So we actually created a very, um, you know, an acronym. Um, and what we did is the acronym, essentially what it does, it, it stands for different things that the sales rep, that they should look for when it comes to actually execution, when it comes to engaging with, with the owner. So this is things of like making sure that the beer is cold. Is it listed on the menu? Is there visibility there? What, what are actually the beers that should be, that should be listed? Like, are you going to put cans in, in every sky bar? No, that's actually not, you, you shouldn't do this, right? You should be focusing on, on bottles. You should be focusing on, on aluminum bottle uh, for Budweiser, which is a more premium skew. So these sorts of things to actually have, have a checklist for these, for, for the individuals to go and say, oh, okay, these are, these are the things I need to go. This is, okay, I talked to the outlet owner first, ask him about these things, make sure that this is good, check, check, check and then go on, go on to the next place. So really, you know, starting, it's quite amazing, right? It's really starting at, at a very macro level where it's what, what are the bars? Where are they? You know, what kind of, what kind of outlet are they? And then going down to actually trying to help the, the individual with the conversation that sh they should be having with the, uh, with the outlet owner. Mm, okay. Into the, yeah. Okay. Und yeah. Understood on that. Um, so something we also wanted to touch on is, um, you know, your, your approach to sort of running the team here. Um, and what you're, I mean, I think, I think from what you, from what we understand is, you know, you've got a core team of a few people and then you've got a lot of people spread out all across the country. So yep. how are you, you know, how are you trying to, um, you know, lead the, lead the company, lead the effort and, you know, where do you, where do you draw inspiration from on your, your leadership style, your, um, you know, staying actually just self-accountable and, uh, you know, I know I think you're, your boss is in Vietnam, so you're you know yep. you're working in a relatively remote fashion. So just yep. just trying to understand like how you you know keep yourself keep yourself motivated, keep yourself accountable, and you know lead by example. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I think like uh, there, are, there are there are unique challenges which I think a bit I already spoke to in terms of you know we're managing partners. Um, these partners, of course, they don't directly report to me, so there's just a level of influence and, and uh, you know, stuff that we have to do to try to actually make an impact on, on, on their business. When it comes to actually running my, my, my own personal team, you know, a, a lot of what we focus on is uh, marketing and mar marketing strategies. So the, the elements that we just spoke about, I said, is like, it's a bit of like the backgrounds, okay, how do you actually get the beer available? I personally spent, spent a lot of time working on that. 
um, and, and going through a lot of the, the things that we just discussed. The team that I have uh, below me is, is really focused on uh, the marketing element of it. So where we draw a lot of our inspiration from is actually, um, which is quite appropriate for, the, for this podcast is, you know, we're the, we're the biggest consumer, consumer company in the entire world, but I, I, I run it and I want to continue to run it like a startup. Um, you know, so really yeah. wanting to really wanting to bring young, uh, hungry individuals, people that are coming with new and fresh ideas, uh, and the ability to actually try and test different things. You know, actually, I have a, I have a, I have a rule on our team that you have to come once a month. You have to come with one crazy idea, uh, come with one crazy idea of something that we can actually pilot and try. Um, and if and if it fails, awesome, because I, I I want us I want us to try different things. I want us to be innovative, uh, and and I want us to try to differentiate ourselves. You know, and, and, and for me, that's that, that's the number one uh, thing. And I, I do look towards a lot of other startups either within here in Cambodia and, and elsewhere uh, to to kind of continue to have a, a type of management and leadership style that that has that culture that has that kind of environment. And one of the things I do love about that is startups <clears throat> generally go through, uh, of course, several phases. But, but one of them that is very challenging is that they have to worry a lot about you know the the quality of the product they have to worry a lot about okay is this actually something that can sell and a, a lot of these uh potentially anxieties that might come from from starting your own your own business very thankfully for me are are, are taken care of you know the we know we know that beer is is, is, is a good product you know it's it's always going to have you know a very good quality i don't have to worry about these um these, you know, different elements. If okay, if there's a spillage in the brewery or something like this, a lot of the the, the background is, is is taken care of. Now, what we actually need to do is is, is get it up to the market. So, uh, very thankfully, I, I can have the team focus more on that. But definitely, it's it, it's it's been you know, and starting to prove to be the best way to I think to 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 run this business. And one of the um, one of one of the things here as well is a lot of our our competition they're they're set in their their own ways in terms of how they've done things for five 10 15 20 years so something that's very very fun to you know going against some of these incumbents some of these uh these these older guys is that we're going we're going after their lunch right we're going they're trying to we're trying to uh take uh take their market share and we have really nothing to lose so the more we push ourselves to be different uh, the more we push ourselves to to try to find uh, unique and, and differentiated ways to, to after them is makes it all more exciting and has so far proven to be uh, to be successful. So. Okay, interesting. Yeah, okay, that's very interesting. Um, we also, I think, what one thing to touch on is um, that you that you kind of alluded to is um, you know is is this is this work life balance? I know, like in a job that you know, in, in a very consumer facing job. Um, you know, you know, such as, you know, such as the, the beer industry, I'm sure you, yeah. a lot of your social life gets sort of molded with you, with your work life. So like, and, and of course, living in Phnom Penh, it's a, you know, it's a very, most expats who live here, you know, really do enjoy it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, one, you know, the, the uh, there's definitely a very hardworking culture amongst some people in the city for sure. But, um, yeah. you know, how do you, yeah, I mean, how do you kind of how do you keep that going, and how do you see that kind of culture um, developing? Yeah, the the, the work life balance for me has been a um, was at, at first was was quite tough in terms of adapting to to the Cambodian market. So on on my team, right, we only hire uh, well historically have only hired um, Cambodians, and uh, the the work the work life balance and, and culture is is quite different from what I'm used to coming from New York. You know, it's 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 um, 
it's a lot, it's a lot more relationship driven. Um, and the, the, the hours I would say were, are, are not near, near as intense. So, you know, for, for us, uh, there's, 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 there's been a bit of a shift, but what is actually very interesting, um, which, which I think you'll find to be, uh, you know, quite, quite common actually here in Cambodia is a lot of, a lot of the business when it comes to getting a, a new outlet or like doing a new contract, um, whether it's, uh, you know, meeting lawyers to understand should a, should AB and Bev have a legal, uh, establishment here in Cambodia or not, or, you know, all of the different segments of, of our business, people really do like to do business, uh, outside of the office, um, in bars, particularly when you work in beer, right? It's like, okay, let's go, let's try your beer. Let's, let's, let, let's chat over it. Um, and then, and then let's kind of discuss and take things from there. So, you know, definitely, of course, the, the work-life balance, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it is still, you know, quite, quite intense during the day. Um, but I guess if, if I were to compare it to my previous experience in New York, where it would be always having dinner in the office. And then, you know, if it's a crazy night sleeping under the desk, um, a lot of that, in, especially in the evenings is transitioned to actually going out, meeting customers, meeting clients, understanding, uh, you know, what are, what are, what are the needs? What are the things you can help them uh, with? Uh, and, and, and working through business that way. Another really, really big element too is, is particularly in time of COVID bars and restaurants, they, they need support. They need people to, to come out they need people to, uh, go out and, and spend, spend money at their outlets. And you may go ahead and, and, and sign a deal with the number one, you know, the number one bar in, in Cambodia. But if, if you're actually not going there and, and supporting and, you know, you know, shaking hands with the owner, uh, going out and having some drinks with them, um, then, then that's, that, that contract's going to become obsolete very quickly and you'll, you'll find that you will be removed uh, very, very fast. So it's actually been, a, it's, it's been, a, it's been a, bit, a bit of a change for me too. And, and quite honestly, reflecting on my own like professional development has been a bit tough uh, because historically I just, I know, I know how to go into the spreadsheets, whatever, crank, crank out the model, whatever it may be. Uh, but then to actually transition that to, to what I would say like to real life or, or to outside of the office has been, uh, has been an interesting step change. So do a lot of deals just get done at night then for you or how does that exactly work out? At night or if, uh, if they're a good partner, potentially it's early morning. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at no, 3 a.m. Yeah. you're like, all right, guys, well, uh, so you're, <laughs> yeah. you're enjoying it. I think it's about time. We should probably call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 it is a bit of that. Um, and as you guys also know, like, uh, Cambodia is very small and the business community is very small. So um, being able to, to work with individuals, um, you're, you're, going, you're going to find that you have, uh, you know, several, several partners in common, uh, several things that may transition. Yeah, okay, it, it, may, it may transition to signing a, a contract or something at night, um, but will also impact you the next day or next several days and, and some potentially other element that, that you didn't imagine. You know, you sign a contract with somebody to, for a marketing campaign and it actually turns out that they're actually part of the team that helps import beer and you may have a tax question and they're also able to, to help you with that. Um, so yeah, so it quite, you know, to your, to your point, quite, quite a few of these do, do, do end up getting done more so, uh, more, more so in the evening. Um, but that's, that, that's one of the exciting things to be, you know, I, I, I often joke sometimes with my team that I, I feel very, very fortunate for us to be in a, in a consumer category, which is fun, which is exciting. Um, and that people, you know, Tend, tend to go out and, and enjoy beer. Um, you know, it, it, it would be a much different situation if I was selling like uh, baby diapers um, or, or, or something like this, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I, I, it wouldn't make for as as many memorable uh, experiences. So it's it, it's 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 something that we need to recognize uh, and and enjoy and to make sure that our, our our customers and partners also also enjoy. So. Yeah, and so looking at that too, and thinking about the goals of the partners that you make with, what are some of the personal goals that you would like to achieve um, in your position right now? Whether that be acquiring a large or partnering with a large client or being able to yeah. grow a brewery or something along these lines, what is something that, uh, what is one of some of your personal goals? Yeah, for me, for me, the the end game would be a, a brewery. Um, I think it would be it would be an amazing way to leave to leave an impact and a bit of a legacy here in Cambodia, regardless of the amount of time that that, that I do spend. Uh, but my my eyes are definitely set on that. I mean, as I mentioned, all all the biggest competitors they all have they all have breweries here. Um, and if we can get the business to a sense where the economies of scale um, do are, are are appropriate, then 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 we will be seriously lo looking at this. And and for me, that would just be um, an, an unbelievable legacy. I mean, there's there's one thing to come here and to grow the business, uh, and okay, and the report, okay, wow, they grew twenty percent, you know, year over year. That's fantastic, whatever it may be. But when I really think about a goal, I think about what is what is the best way for me to to leave my legacy, particularly as a as a, a foreigner in in one of these frontier markets, right? Um, and one of the things that really excites me about Cambodia is how, how malleable it is and, and how sometimes I feel like that there's, there's such amazing opportunity to go ahead and actually and do leave that legacy and to, to help continue the, the, the country go forward. And I think for me, ha having that brewery was, is definitely the dream. You know, we, we, we refer to it as a, a, as a dream within the company or like inter, interlingo. So that, that's absolutely, that's absolutely the dream and what we're chasing down. Okay. And uh, you just, you were just touching on on Cambodia and the potential. Um, so, you know, obviously, yeah, Dom and I, like, you know, coming from the investment space, we, yeah. um, you know, we see a lot of, you know, the appetite coming in, whether it's like 500 startups, you know, launching their, their incubator next year. So how do you kind of view the overall market, you know, fitting that within the Southeast Asia kind of landscape yeah. and the, the growth of your business here versus maybe some of the other markets in Southeast Asia? And like, just you personally, like, how do you think, how do you rate Cambodia as a market comparison to the region? I mean, we're all Dom and I, I guess, are quite biased. You know, I, I mean, I think honestly, it's well, Cambodia's it's, the best. It's, so it's, there's, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's no questions, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's 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 a very good it's a very good question, Max. I think I think there's some um, there's some things that make me say, yeah, Cambodia is is the best. You know, it's going to be fastest growing economy. It's double digit growth every single year. Fastest growing economy within the region, I believe, by 2025, ahead of Vietnam. Um, yeah. Tons, tons of foreign direct investment coming in. Uh, as I mentioned to you, there's there's this excitement about Cambodia, which is very malleable. There's, there's this um, there's this energy here where you really feel that there's the impact that you can have is is quite is quite big uh particularly with actually not doing you know so much and not needing to come with with billions of dollars um but i think i think Cam i think cambodia will, will probably have uh a couple challenges one of one of which is just which we see it more in the entertainment space is is the size of the country right so i mean you compare it to you compare it to vietnam you compare it to thailand um and, you know we, we could talk numbers in terms of beer but also just the amount of people right um, Cambodia is, is, is still quite quite a quite a smaller market when it comes to actually the, the demographic, <clears throat> which makes it uh, which which makes it a, a bit tough of a comparison when you can when you compare it towards towards other markets. That being said, a big caveat is that 
Cambodia also has the youngest median age of, of any company within Southeast Asia, out with any country within Southeast Asia, right? 20, 25 years old. <clears throat> so you have a very, you have a very, uh, you know, small, so 16 million, you have a very small population, but you have one that is, that is, you know, the first to adopt trends, uh, super, super excited to take in new things, new ideas, uh, very young, very eager. So for me, that's also okay. Yes, it, it is a bit of a smaller market, but the the ability to adapt, the excitement to change, the the um, you know the hunger to to transform Cambodia is is there and is very very uh, you know rooted in in especially some of the local uh, Khmer individuals that that uh, that you meet. So of course, selfishly, I would put it number one within the region. But I do I do find that uh, if if Cambodian if Cambodia wants to, to continue to, to kind of have that, that placeholder as number one when it comes to growth, when it comes to opportunities. Um, I, I, think there's, I think there's gonna be a bit of a challenge uh, that comes the element of the, the things that, that, that happen here within, within Cambodia uh, need to be either fungible within the, the, the rest of the region um, or there, there needs to be a look towards a, a larger demographic as the, as the economy and as, as the, um, you know, the country continues to grow. And for you, and considering all those factors, do you see yourselves being in Cambodia long-term in the position that you are and seeing through some of the long-term goals that you have set out, for example, with establishing a brewery in Phnom Penh, um, is that something where you see yourself in Cambodia for a long time? I would say I'm, I'm, I'm taking this adventure year at a time. And, uh, for now, the uh, you know it's it's it, it's it's been an amazing experience. COVID has has proven to be you know forced everybody within the business world to to rethink priorities and to rethink how exactly they're running they're running the show, and uh, <clears throat> that that for me I'm gonna continue to to take it year by year, and then after that we will uh, we will see. But as I told you, at least at least for now, asking me you know today, uh, the the brewery is for sure the end goal, and, and that's what I'm ch that's what I'm chasing down, regardless if that's something that is accomplished. Uh, next year or something that's accomplished within the next 10 years. Um, I'm trying to set all the things in place for us for us to be able to arrive there as a company. Yeah, it's really interesting too because it's it's you have this monumental goal that you're wishing to that you're looking to achieve. And then as you go along that path, so many other things pop up that you would have never even considered before yep. necessarily. And that's what makes it really exciting. And that's another part of it where a lot of people decide to stay in Cambodia for a long time, let or Southeast Asia, let alone. And because there's all these <clears throat> challenges and things are developing and it's just a very exciting environment yeah. to be in. Yeah, you, you often, you, you often hear, uh, you know, the, you come across the, 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 the expat and you say, Oh, how long have you been here? It's like, Oh yeah, I've been here nine, nine years, 10 years, whatever it may be. And, and you often get the story of, yeah, when I first arrived to Cambodia, I was I came here on the one month project, and then <laughs> next thing you know, yeah. sucked in, sucked in. That's why I often refer to Cambodia as, as, as a bit of a vortex because uh, <laughs> it kind of it, it kind of sucks you in and it proves to be a bit a bit relentless, um, yeah. you know, both 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 professional and personal life. So, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see. But as as I mentioned, you know, I, I think what's what's important at least right now is it's good to have short term and long term goals and and to be chasing those down relentlessly. Um, but of course, as time change, information changes and potentially there, there, there will be a shift, but at least what, what I'm after now is to continue to, to grow this, uh, to grow this business, you know, get, have the right partners in place, have the right strategies in place, do everything that I can, um, that, that we eventually do end up and end up building that, that, that brewery here. We wanted to, um, as, as we, as we sort of come to the, uh, the tail end, um, yeah. there's a few like 
there's a few things that we like to um, ask our guests that are a bit more high level, I guess, and kind of just, yep. you know, what, what motivates you. So one thing is, uh, is mentorship and like, you know, who do you, who do you kind of look up to? Who do you, who do you draw inspiration from in your personal professional life? And, you know, what, who would you say your top mentor is? Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. That's a very, very, very good question. So, um, my, on a personal level, it's, it's, it's hands down to my brother. Uh, I, I look a lot towards, towards my brother. He's actually, uh, he's very involved in the investment space. Um, you know, ha having previously worked for, for a few venture capital firms and actually starting a few companies by himself. Um, and now actually doing a search fund and, and looking at other companies to, um, to, to talk to. So he, he's definitely the, the person I, I look up to anytime there's a business problem or thing, you know, actually just before this, this podcast, we were, we were just uh, talking and, you know, pontificating a bit about what we think about the investment space here and, and the future of Cambodia, which is, which is quite fun to get an outsider's point of view, uh, particularly for someone that has actually never been in the market. So he, he, he is definitely someone I, I look up to quite a bit and get a lot of inspiration from the other, the other bit on, on a more uh, professional level is, um, I don't, I don't necessarily have like a, you know, like an Elon Musk or Bill Gates or, or, or individual that they look up to. Of course, I draw lots of inspiration from these guys. Um, a bit, a bit more actually. when it comes to like, for example, like Bill Gates, when it comes to more in the, like the philanthropy that he does, like a, ability to just dedicate yourself wholeheartedly to passion projects, um, and to leave a legacy, right? Because for, for him, it's, it's, it's unbelievable the impact that he's leaving on the world. And of course that's like the, the huge, huge dream of somebody to look up to. Within within AB InBev, um, you know the the reason the reason I ended up taking this role and joining the company was the uh, the first connection that I mentioned earlier in the in the call with uh, with Brian, who was the head of of the high end, who was the head of um, the high end company with AB InBev, very very smart uh, individual um, with just you know tons tons of opportunities to to learn from him um, when it comes to when it comes to marketing, when it comes to anything that has to do with, with strategy. And, you know, I, I ended up joining the company cause I was like, if I'm going to be able to work uh, directly and indirectly with this individual, this is something that, uh, this is something I want to go after. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you, you may find there, there's some, there's some uh, beer individuals that, you know, they have in their bathtub, they're, they're brewing beer and they're super excited about the yeast that's cultivating and stuff like this. And that's, that, that, that's definitely not me. <laughs> uh, you, you, you will not find that in, 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 in Room, but um there's not many bathtubs there in in cambodia really so <laughs> <laughs> i do have one i do have i do have one okay. though so I, if i if i ever did reach that level and wanted to cultivate some use and, and have a little bit of a colony i i guess i could do it Great. um but I'll, I'll 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 leave that for 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 <laughs> maybe potentially the next one that takes on the role um but yeah, and 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 we we you know we we talked a bit of course inspiration and, and and having some of these core principles and and the one of the big things for me is uh, and Max you say you say this quite a bit which I love but uh, I I just wanted to surround myself with with very intelligent people and people that challenge me in different ways uh, and, and Max always says something around you know the fact that you surround yourself by a, a group of individuals that are that are bringing you up that are that are pushing you they're pushing you to go up and that within AB InBev um, I, I found to be to be Brian this this individual. Um, and what, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to go ahead and then join the company and, um, and, and, and take on this, this, this new challenge. And in that case, thinking about some of the <laughs> books that you may have read in the past or books that you're currently reading, what would you say have been the greatest influence or something that you would recommend to any listeners that you feel would either 
get interested into the, your industry or maybe into something that you feel is really important to, to just know on a general basis? You hit my, uh, Dom, you hit, you, you hit my Achilles heel, brother. I, I'm, not, I'm not the most, I'm not the most well-read. I'm, I'm not the one that's, uh, that, that's always picking up, um, you know, pick, pick, picking up books. For me, for me, the, what, what it always excites me the most is actually, if, if I do actually read anything, it might sound a bit weird, but it's actually language textbooks. I love languages so much because I believe communication is, is, is the most important thing, particularly when you're, uh, you know, whether it's, it's in business or, or in your personal life. So that's actually where, uh, where I do spend a lot of my time reading. Um, yeah, you learn, but you, you learn, know, um, am I right in saying, you, you know, you speak fluently Khmer? Yeah, I think I, I, fluid, fluid is a, is a, is a, is a help a stamp of, uh, or, you know, uh, accomplishment, but uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, my, my, my favorite, my favorite quote of all time is this quote by Nelson Mandela, uh, which is something to the effect of, you know, if you speak to, if you speak to an individual in a language that they've learned, you're speaking to their brain, but if you speak to them in their mother tongue, you're speaking to their heart. Mm. Um, and one of, one of the things that I, I learned very quickly within BCG is, you know, the the partners and the senior partners these are all very very intelligent people but what make what makes them very talented at what they do is their ability to understand information and communicate it so communication for me is always one of the most important things is how do you actually take uh how do you actually take information how do you how do you take potentially a topic that someone may not understand and communicate it very clearly with them hence language is is, is very important as the uh yeah as the inhibitor of of, of communication right so uh, I did. I did take it upon myself, uh, potentially a, a bit too much time in quarantine, but I did take it upon myself to to learn Khmer, uh, and it has proven to uh, you know I, I didn't actually do it with the intention of of helping my business, but it actually has uh, helped so much. It has helped uh, you know quite 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 a bit, particularly particularly in an industry in a beer industry, and particularly in Cambodia where a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the partners that I deal with are, you know, older Khmer men, uh, people that have been in, in their ways, uh, you know, for 20 or so years. And naturally they see a, a young guy in his 20s come through as an expat and it's very easy to, to just brush off, to just be like, <laughs> okay, this guy's gonna be here maybe a year or two and then, and then and he's gonna be on his way out. Um, and to take very, very little interest into doing business. And learning Khmer, um, you know, for me has been actually something that has, that has helped tremendously when it, when it comes to initiating those conversations. Um, you know, oftentimes we won't even talk about business and we talk about actually, how did I learn Kamai? And we'd have a conversation in Kamai for the first 15 or 20 minutes um, as, uh, you know, kind of get things warmed up. So uh, yeah, communication is, is, is fundamental. I, I don't have, to go back to your original question though, I don't have like the one book that, that I keep close to heart that, that, um, that I would always recommend, uh, you know, individuals to read, but, anything to the effect of how to communicate with people. You know, the one book that I should read, which I've heard amazing things is, you know, uh, how, to, how to influence the people, it's something around, uh, it, it, how to influence people around you, something like this. Yeah, yeah. But, what, yeah, yeah. Um, I should, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't know the title, but, but pardon, I, I, I don't, I don't have it off of that. Yeah, but what's important I, I is the it. fact that you're, that learning a language or anything to that effect is creating the organic relationships that are necessary and whether it's building relationships with with people around you or just in any sort of business sense too in the country that you're working in it's always very yeah. important to be able to to learn the language that you're in the country that you're living in too absolutely absolutely and <clears throat> you know even within even when i think about my own brands my own products or i think about myself you know there's a big element of just wanting needing to be differentiated 
And uh, there are a lot of expats here that have been here, the ones I told you about that, you know, stayed, wanted to come a month, I've been here 10, 20 years, uh, that do not speak Khmer, um, that, that do, not, do, do not have a, a grasp on the language. And I'm not saying you need to be fluent. Um, you know, some of my friends want to learn and, and I tell them, just learn, learn 100 words. Learn 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 a hundred words and you'll find that it will completely completely change your experience here and it'll completely change the way that you do business. Um, so that, that 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 for me is 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 yeah it's just such a fundamental and important element. Um, and it, as I mentioned, it already has done has done wonders and and I'm sure it will continue to prove to be quite beneficial. Yeah. No. I mean, actually, um, just for instance, one of my resolutions for 2021 is to is to um is to learn command you, you know the the advice that you give on you know just actually learning a hundred to three hundred you know there, there's a, you know if you learn a hundred the hundred of the most used words in a language you you know you can you can get by speak your mind no you will you will you, if you learn a hundred of the most used words you will understand most things and you will you'll be surprised actually uh, at your ability to communicate um mm. Yeah, it's 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 something because I I think some of the challenges you're know, diving a bit into languages, but some of some of the challenges that, that people have when learning new languages is that they want to be fluent and they want to be able to read and write and be able to understand everything and and you know it, it's a bit it's a bit of like the uh, the, the dream of, of the brewery like yeah I, I, I love you know I, I want to have a brewery we will absolutely be 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 going towards there but I'm actually not going to start putting sticks in the ground and, and you know actually walk over to the space and then already start building it. There, there, there are steps that you need to, to take there. And I think if you start with a hundred words, you'd actually be, you'd actually be surprised at, at the impact that that has. Um, and, um, and, and, and how far that, that, that can actually go versus, versus potentially uh, an, an end goal that isn't as, um, yeah, that, that, you know, becoming, that, that may, that may stop you from actually trying to learn anything. Any, yeah, build, any, yeah, building the foundation, especially, I mean, no matter where you start, you have to start somewhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. Our last, our last, well, our last question we always ask people is, um, what is the most important advice you've ever been given? Wow. Most important advice that I, I'd ever been given. I, you know, I, that probably, I think that answer might change um, depending on like the moment in my life, right? The, yeah. so, so, sometimes, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, depending on the situation or the problem that, that, that I may be that, that I may be grasping, I'll maybe I'll maybe answer it like the professional and personal. For for the the personal one, um, one of the best pieces of advice that, that my brother always gave me is you know to to focus on surrounding yourself with with, with just people. What, what what you said, Max, right? Is the surrounding yourself with with amazing people that challenge you to think in different ways. Um, you know, we're, we're a product of our community. We're a product of the people that we spend time with. Uh, and I think something that, that for me is both personal and professional, uh, fundamental and something that, that, that I keep, keep very close. The, uh, the one on when it comes to, when it comes to potentially a bit more of like professional advice, uh, that I keep very close to heart is, uh, is to always in, in whatever strategy you do or, or whatever thing you want to have. Uh, and any business problem that you come across, uh, focus is is the first thing that, that we often lose sight of, um, and the biggest driver of of our failures. You know, if we don't, if we if you don't have focus in, in what you're trying to do, uh, you you oftentimes uh, end up doing the things that you want to do not well. So it's very, particularly in my position, it's just very very easy to have a list of twenty to thirty things um, that you want to do, and you end up doing you end up potentially doing fifteen of them. Uh, but you do them all kind of like, okay. 
but if you, if you focus and, and you think about what are the three or four number one priorities and those three or four things you just absolutely nail, hit it out of the park. Um, I, I found that to be incredible advice uh, and, and something that has been definitely a big, uh, you know, a big success inhibitor uh, this year. And, 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 and to talk, uh, building on that, do you have any kind of, um, you know, for, for the entrepreneurs listening to this, the aspiring entrepreneurs, young business leaders, do you have yeah. any kind of, you know, life hacks, kind of, you know, your morning routines, your, you know, the habits that you install in yourself that kind of keep you, um, keep you productive? That's good. Yeah. I mean, I do, it's maybe it's a, a bit too, uh, you know, what sometimes I say in LA, like we want, uh, you know, I do have a meditation routine. So that, that, that's something that, that I do, uh, you know, of course that's like, I feel like it's a bit like trendy and like Silicon Valley, like, uh, it's like, I, oh, okay, I, mean, this I, guy. I just, I just call it the, um, I don't even call it meditation anymore. I just call it the art of doing nothing. You know, just, just sitting Beautiful. and taking in and, and excavating. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how often do you do that? Like, like how, how often, like a week would you, would you get that? Would you do that? Yeah, I shoot, I shoot for every morning. So I, I shoot for 30 minutes. I shoot for 30 minutes every morning to, uh, to do that. But the, the one thing, the one thing I would say about that, because, you know, my, my advice to the young entrepreneur isn't going to be, Hey, you should start, you should, you should start meditating. But, 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 but what I, what I, what I would want them to, to grasp and to understand is the power of, of reflecting on personal experiences on, on what you've done is very, very, very important. And if, if there's one, you know, little life hack that I, I think is good is, you know, you could even set yourself a personal meeting, you send it on your outlook invite, put it, put it on your calendar once a month to just go sit down, reflect on what you actually did that month. What are the things that, what are the problems that you came across? How did you actually navigate those? Do a bit of self-reflection and then also be thinking about, be thinking about the month ahead. Um, I, I think oftentimes we, we never take that time for ourselves to, to be reflective, to, to think about the, the things that we've been doing, uh, you know, what we've learned, what we, what we didn't learn. And I think a lot of times of meditation helps with that, you know, helps with, with, with that reflection element. And then to your point also helps with the declutter, the declutter of, of your mind, you know, the art of doing nothing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that, that's, um, yeah, that's, very, you know, that's very interesting for for, for, you know, for aspiring entrepreneurs, I think, you know, I think, you know, even with, even with a job that you have, you know, you're juggling so many things that at all points in time, there's this guy called um, Naval Ravikant who says, um, you know, we live in a, we live in a world of sort of um, where, you know, your, your decisions are sort of, you know, the infinite impact of your decisions are very, um, are very wide at this point. So, you know, you've got to have a cool, calm and collected mind to sort of, you know, make those decisions. The decisions are becoming, you know, so much more important, especially in such a large organization like yourselves, you know, it, it probably does help to be a bit cool, calm and collected. So. Yeah. Also at the end of the day, don't, don't, don't take anything too seriously. Sit down with your mates, have a beer, particularly a Budweiser and, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'm sure everything will go over smoothly. So if you could, if you could just make sure you add that one in uh, there, maybe, maybe you, you put that first and then you put it again at the end, uh, then, uh, then that's fantastic. But yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, been, it's been great having you, uh, Thomas. Do you have any um, any questions for us? Any any you know any any things you want you want to ask the investors in the room? Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, I, I, at one point in time, I'll, I will get you guys down for a beer and and, and do a little uh, quid pro quo and want to understand. Hey, what is a you know? Ask you guys very similar questions, but I'm actually just just curious I, as you guys have been bringing you know, more entrepreneurs, individuals that, that are, um, that are in these emerging markets, 
uh, just curious if you guys are finding commonalities, uh, whether it's the types of problems that they're that they're that they're battling, whether it's you know pieces of advice, uh, you know, or everybody. I don't know. Maybe everybody just has a big ego, and 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 they're all they're all they're all different. But you 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 guys tell me. But I just be curious, kind of what some of the things that you're surprised surprising you about talking to so many different individuals, and, and what you're kind of gleaning from that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. One of the biggest things listening back on the previous interviews that we had that have been a commonality is the interaction between Western culture and getting integrated into Cambodian culture and understanding what the transition is like in that sense. Mm -hmm. And it's been very, very um, similar that it's really just establishing a, a relationship and coming to this understanding of, listen, we do come from different backgrounds but we're both trying to achieve the same goal and it's really it's been really refreshing to to understand and to hear that everyone is going in with an open mind and instead of saying this is the right way because i learned it this way instead coming in and welcoming this is how this is how it's done another way that you may have had never experienced before and then working in a way to find that commonality together to in order to yeah. grow towards a positive direction and that's what I think that we've experienced with our previous um, podcast guests, which has been really refreshing to have, especially. Nice. Yeah, I mean, just you are you are uh, you know guest number four, so um, we, and we're currently focused on Cambodia, but we will we will sort of be um, expanding it um, to other frontier emerging markets in well, mostly frontier markets to be honest, um, in Southeast Asia, and then. As, as, as the ideas grow, it may, may also look at doing some stuff um, in Africa. But, um, but yeah, I think for, for now it's hard to sort of, there's not enough, maybe there's not loads of data points to say we've got correlations yet, but. Okay, sample size is just I think what you start to see is there's, you know, yeah, like, like, like Don was saying, there's, there's kind of, it, 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 it's, a, it's an interesting personality that is, that is drawn to that. I mean, just, I mean, I was talking to a guy um, the other day and he was just saying, just by the fact that you've left your home country, that's all already an interesting yeah. filter. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. obviously, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs who are Cambodian, born Cambodian bred. But for the people that we talk to that are, that are coming here, um, yeah, like Don was saying, you know, they, they, you've, got to take a, you've got to take that fresh approach and you, you've got to... Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got to, you, you can't come in with your own stereotypes and sort of patronizing way of doing things. You, you just, you, you've got to come here and you've got to learn the ways of here and, you know, maybe, maybe get um, adapted or not or go home, you know, if, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's an, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit, it's been a great, um, a great, uh, great, great thing to do so far. Nice. All right. Um, yeah, man, you have any other questions? No, that's it. That's it. Uh, you know, for me, just, just curious what, what you guys have, have been experiencing as well. As I said, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to get you guys all out for a beer. Dom, excited to get you, to get you in Cambodia. Um, I, yeah, know, well, Myrtle, Myrtle, I know Myrtle Beach is a nice place. Okay, I get it. Nampen <laughs> yeah. is, also, is, is also a special one. So excited, yeah. excited to get you guys out for, uh, for a drink and, and hear about your experiences as well. But uh, this is brilliant. I think what you guys are doing, this is awesome. You know, hearing about people's different experiences, the problems that they're facing, 
um, like I said, I'm, I'm very curious to, yeah, we, to, like we're learning as much as like, you, do you know what I mean? Like just, I mean, I'm just, just learning so much from people. Um, yeah. just, by, by the way, we, awesome. we, we'll cut this bit. We're, we're like, I think. We're, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. No, it's, 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 it's fantastic. That's fantastic. Like, uh, by the way, I always love, I always love the bits of podcasts where they say, Hey, we'll cut this bit. And then they. <laughs>